Welcome to the Diverse Minds Podcast, where we give you the tips, tools, and techniques you need to be a mentally healthy and inclusive leader. Each week, you'll hear about a variety of topics linked to mental health, well-being, and diversity that will enhance both your professional practice and personal well-being. Welcome to the 86th episode of the award-winning Diverse Minds Podcast. And on today's episode, I'm going to be talking about reading and mental health and the five ways in which reading supports mental health for World Book Night. World Book Night is the annual celebration of books and reading that takes place on the 23rd of April. The idea is that it brings people together from all backgrounds for one reason, to inspire others to read more. Presented by the reading agency, and in partnership with Specsavers, 2021 is a celebration of the 10th anniversary of World Book Night with a special theme of books to make you smile. So start planning your activity. I've included the link in the show notes and you can use the reading agency's resources. They've got toolkits that will provide you with ideas on how you can celebrate virtually with friends, family, colleagues in your workplace or with the people you support in your organization. Now, there is also World Book Day, and many of you will be familiar with your parents because often children have to go dressed, uh, dressed up in fancy dress to school as, a, as their favorite character. So World Book Day takes place on the 4th of March, and it's aimed at school pupils. But of course, anyone can join in. And World Book Day is a worldwide celebration of books and reading that aims to promote reading for pleasure, offering every child and young person the opportunity to have a book of their own. Reading for pleasure is the single biggest indicator of a child's future success, more than their family circumstances, their parents' educational background or their income, according to research from the reading agency. So they want to see a lot more children, particularly those from disadvantaged background on World Book Day, form a lifelong habit of reading for pleasure and the improved life chances this brings them. You might also be thinking, well, what about anyone who may not choose to or cannot read in the way we're much likely to think about or consider, which is opening a hard copy book? So when I talk about reading, I am thinking of all the ways in which people access stories, access books in different formats. So this could be being read to uh, for young people. This could be for elderly people who maybe have lost sight or who can't read. I'm thinking about ebooks. I'm thinking about quick reads. I'm thinking about accessible formats for anyone with learning disabilities audiobooks, braille books, uh, people that use PDF readers, anything at all. So I don't want it to be confined. I'm thinking about reading in its biggest spectrum. Often we don't have time. Time is of the essence and time is so important. Um, reading can really feel like an indulgence. I don't know about you, but I have to say I love reading and I've been an avid reader since I was a child. But as an adult, I feel that curling up in a corner, and it is normally a corner, with a cup of tea and reading for hours on end is incredibly indulgent. And I do think that the advent of the internet has made us feel that way. It seems very decadent, but it's a big part of human nature and recharging. Also, many of us may feel that we don't have time to read for pleasure. Maybe you're reading business books, you're reading journals, you're reading academic information all the time and reading for pleasure, whether it's fiction or nonfiction, can feel again like a big indulgence. Now, of course, even if you're reading for work, that's still going to improve your cognitive function and memory. Um, but we also need to make time to read things that bring us joy. 
So how can reading improve our mental health? Now, if this is a subject that you are familiar with, you will know that there are lots of different studies around the globe that have been done. And I'm going to pick up on a few, but by no means are these the extent of all the studies and research that's been done. But I'm going to start with the first point, which is about reducing stress. So you may recall that in 2009, there was research conducted by Dr. David Lewis and the Mind Lab International at the University of Sussex. And it showed that reading for as little as six minutes a day can reduce stress levels by 60%. It reduced your heart rate, it eased muscle tension and altered your state of mind. This same study showed that reading was better at reducing stress than music, drinking a cup of tea, going for a walk and playing video games. But of course, you can't go for a walk, get a cup of tea and read a book and listen to some music. There's nothing to stop you do that. And Dr. Lewis states, reading is more than merely a distraction, but an active engaging of the imagination as the words on the printed page stimulate your creativity and cause you to enter what is essentially an altered state of consciousness. Now, this could also be the case. I don't have the research evidence, but if people prefer to listen to audiobooks, but it's that imagination, it's the listening. Um, you may also be familiar with Reading Well, books on prescription service that was launched in 2013. You might have seen letters or information in your local area that you can pick up at libraries. They're often on notice boards as well with recommendations on books to lift your mood or for people experiencing mental ill health. And some GPs will prescribe books, so bibliotherapy, so uh, therapy from books to help people manage their mental ill health alongside any other medical and therapeutic treatments. And a 2013 study published in the Journal uh, of Clinical Psychology and Psychotherapy, and I've included a link in the show notes, involved 96 patients with mild depression. Those who were given a book to read saw improvements in depressive symptoms compared with those in a control group who didn't receive bibliotherapy treatment. So the first area around reducing stress and also helping people to manage their recovery journey coming back from mental ill health, whether it's chronic or acute. The second point is about improving capacity for empathy. So being able to connect with characters, even if they're fictional characters. Yes, I know it's fiction, but fiction can be more true than life sometimes. Um, concepts, ideas, and people with different perspectives. To hear their stories, and it's not someone that's going to speak back to you that you have a real relationship with, but you can build that empathy and that process about what it might feel like or be like. It's also thought that being read to as a child and then reading in adolescence enables us to understand the adult world more effectively, people that have different backgrounds and circumstances to us, and enables us to connect with them in a more empathetic rather than sympathetic way. So I'm sure there are studies on that. I can't say that I have any uh, research there, but I'm sure there will be. But I thought that was an interesting point around empathy, potentially enabling us to read and then digest the information in a different way to seeing or watching someone's story on video. The third point I wanted to mention is it helps us sleep better. So maybe some of you read on your phone and I'm not going to um, <laughs> say that you shouldn't because I have talked about reading in its widest way in terms of accessibility. But thinking about phones in general, uh, the issue with phones is twofold. If we're looking at our phones before bed, one is the consistent use of social media can increase our levels of anxiety, which does not support falling soundly asleep. And the other one is that 
and I'm sure you'll be very aware of it, that our mobile device screens emit blue light. So blue light falls between 400 and 500 nm on the visible spectrum. And interestingly, blue light occurs naturally in sunlight. However, when it's in that phone form, so blue light is actually what enables us to distinguish between night and day. However, it is also responsible for managing our circadian rhythms, important in determining the sleeping and feeding patterns of all animals, including us as human beings. So exposure to blue light prior to bedtime keeps us awake and suppresses the release of the hormone melatonin that we need for sleep. So conversely, if it's an audiobook or it's a PDF reader, or perhaps we've got a setting that's minimal on blue light on our phone, or if you've got um, an e-reader, that's going to be much more helpful. And I don't know about you, but I find that if I read before bed, I can fall asleep much more quickly. Even if a story is reeling me in and got me on tender hooks, it's still better to be looking ideally at a page. But I also know that not everyone can do that in order to help us sleep better and also engage our minds. The fourth area is cognitive function. So how reading enhances cognitive function. And reading involves a complex network of circuits and signals in the brain. As your reading ability matures, those networks also get stronger and more sophisticated. So in one study um, by Trusted Source, and this is American, conducted in 2013, researchers used functional magnetic resonance imaging MRI scans to measure the effect of reading a novel on the brain. So study participants read the novel Pompeii over a period of nine days. And as the tension built in the story, it was shown that more and more areas of the brain lit up with activity. And brain scans showed that throughout the reading period and for days afterwards, brain connectivity increased, especially in the somatosensory cortex. So the part of the brain that responds to physical sensations like movement and pain. And the National Institute of Aging in the USA recommends reading books and magazines as a way of keeping your mind engaged as you grow older. It also is thought to help memory as we read, we retain the information and recall that information. And there aren't really conclusive research that shows that reading completely prevents diseases like Alzheimer's and dementia. But there have been studies that show people who read and solve problems every day maintain and improve their cognitive functioning. And the earlier you start, the better. And another study conducted in 2013 by Rush University Medical Center in the US found that people who have engaged in mentally stimulating activities during their lives were less likely to develop the plaque lesions and the tau protein tangles found in the brains of people with dementia and other neurological conditions. But clearly that's the tip of the iceberg. There does need to be a lot of work done, but of course, using our reading uses our brains in different ways to other activities that we carry out. And finally, I just wanted to mention positive distractions from the day to day. Akin to mindfulness, reading helps us focus on something else that we become engrossed in and can be super positive for our mental health and well-being. For me, one of the books I read during lockdown was The Salt Path about uh, Raynal and Moth Wynn, who became homeless. You might know this is quite a famous book now. And they, uh, they became homeless through a series of circumstances and they decided that they were just going to pack a small rucksack, tent, sleeping bags, and walk the 630-mile coast mile coastal path in southwest Britain and reading that really felt like I was on a walk with them the way that things are described and when you can't go anywhere it was hugely uplifting and you might know that I am a member of a book group that is very dear to me and recently we applied to be part of the reading agency's women's shortlist prize so shadowing the women's prize for fiction And I requested some testimonials as part of that from my lovely group. 
And it was very interesting to see what they had written around how book club and reading books had also supported them. It has also been shown that if we read a book and talk about it with people that we trust in a safe environment, this also boosts our mental health and well-being. So here's some testimonials I wanted to share with you, and maybe they resonate with you too. So even when I have Zoom fatigue from teaching and meetings, seeing my book club friends is always a treat. I love that we can escape into a book together and travel all over the world because of our reads have been so wide ranging. And I love reading books I wouldn't have picked on my own. And another colleague said that lockdown has been really triggering for me and I've had long periods of mental ill health and not much of the normal state in between. But having something to read, a way to escape and the book club dates to hold me accountable has been such a big help. It gives me a bit of routine. Reading is something to do when I can't do much else. And then virtually seeing each other at book club has been so healing. We were lucky to know each other well before lockdown. So turning on my computer and seeing so many friendly faces, talking about the books rather than our current situation has been wonderful. Honestly, it's been one of my lockdown highlights. And another member said, since having children, I lost a lot of confidence in myself. During lockdown, like most of us, I decided I want to make changes to my life and get my confidence back. The book club has helped me do so. It's given me a piece of my old self back, and I'm extremely grateful that I came across this wonderful, friendly book club. I'm a key worker and have, like many others, have been homeschooling my own children too. Book club has been a welcome break from all the stresses and missing family during lockdown. It's been fantastic getting lost in a book and forgetting about the day and all the lockdown stresses. It's made it even better knowing I would be meeting up, uh, even if I was on the line with other like-minded people to discuss the book and has been absolutely priceless in these uncertain times. And for me, that really wraps up my thinking around the five ways and the positive distraction from the day to day. If you're enjoying the content of this podcast and want to keep up to date, then why not join my bi-monthly newsletter? I've included a link in the show notes and I promise not to spam you. And it is full of uh, equality, diversity, inclusion and mental health information twice a month. So reading is not a replacement for a diagnosis or medical support for mental ill health. It's what, if that's what someone wants or needs, but it can provide us with support and ways to manage our mental health and care routine in the day-to-day -day and enable us to escape to sunnier climes, different countries, and learn more about world perspectives. It supports our cognitive functions, including memory. So however you like to access books, fiction or non-fiction, why not make some time today or this week? How will you be celebrating World Book Night? What other books that make you smile? And remember, make it more than a night to remember. And I've included resources and information in the show notes, including charities and things that you can get involved in. And don't forget, if you want to know more, do check out my diverseminds.co.uk forward slash solutions. And if you enjoyed this episode, why not leave me a review on Apple Podcasts? I really look forward to seeing you in the next episode. A very happy World Book Night and happy reading. Thanks for listening to the Diverse Minds podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you access your podcasts from. You can also connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Tune into next week's episode of the podcast, where I'll bring you more insights on mental health and inclusion. Bye for now.